So in this process, it takes me a while to think about because I, I don't want to just use like, oh, this person's pretty. Let me paint her or let me paint him. Usually they're close friends to me, close acquaintances. And I try to like, okay, does this person resemble what I want to portray? What is this person going through? Do we have anything in common? So I'll, I'll think about the person, like, can that person portray uh, my concepts first? That's the first thing that goes in my mind. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 201st episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Josie Del Castillo, who spoke with me from Brownsville, Texas. Josie was selected as one of our 2018 Studio Break student competition winners back in May, and we're very excited to have her on. Josie is a painter, and her work explores portraits and self-portraits. We're going to talk all about that and a three-person exhibition she's in entitled Different Skin that opens at Paresa House Gallery November 2nd through 24th in San Antonio, Texas, so stay tuned for that. Please note that our 2018 professional competition is now open. This year's juror, Brian Frink, will be selecting three artists to appear on Studio Break in a future episode, as well as one artist for a solo exhibition at Raka Gallery up in Mankato, Minnesota. If you'd like to find out more information, please visit studiobreak.com. You'll see right on the left sidebar, there is a professional artist competition page for more information. If you're listening for the first time, I do want to encourage you to visit studiobreak.com. We have a number of interviews available for your listening pleasure. Once again, you can find images of the artist's work, links to their websites right there on studiobreak.com. You can listen right in the default player. And you can also hit that iTunes hyperlink and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen on iTunes. You can also find us in a variety of social media formats, so please be sure and like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break, and of course follow us on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. And with those announcements out of the way, here's our interview with Josie. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Josie Del Castillo. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you. And I'd like to note real quick, you were selected as one of Studio Break's 2018 undergraduate competition winners back in May by our juror, Brian Frank. So, of course, great to have you on. Um, remind us, uh, where, where are you currently residing? It's like we're kind of like on two separate islands and there's coconuts and string and all that. So where, where are we speaking with you from? <laughs> right now, I'm in the Rosenberg Art Building, which is the art building for UTRGV. Uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley uh, campus, uh, the Bronzeville section, because it's divided into several cities. So right now I'm in the student lounge. I was I originally wanted to be in my studio section, but since I share a studio with other classmates, it was going to be a little bit too too noisy. Yeah, it's always interesting kind of sharing studio space and expecting quiet sometimes. You know, there'll be like some people that are very respectful of that or some people that kind of like want it to be like a sanctuary, you know? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> To me, like I, I had a, a small studio for myself, but I don't like it. Like it's good to have like your own privacy, but I'm always used to being surrounded by people. I'm always used to asking people feedback, asking professors, asking like I'm always like chit chatting. You know, like yes, I get my work done, but I'm always like enjoying feedback. So me being by myself, I feel like like I want I want to hear what other people think. No, that totally makes sense, I think. The only downside is that I don't have my full privacy at times like this. Sure. 
Well, so to kind of think about your background and experiences in art making, upbringing, all that sort of thing, uh, why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of a background and we can kind of work forward from there. So I was born and raised here in Brunswick, Texas. Brunswick, Texas is located on the southernmost tip of Texas. Picture the state of Texas is the bottom tip. It's a border town across Tamaulipas, Mexico. I was born here and I was sort of like growing up, I will... Uh, go to school here, and I would live in Matamoros, which is right across the border of Mexico. So we had a house over there, and it, we were always commuting back and forth. And I didn't, like, right now, like, I know political-wise is going, like, oh, yeah, it's a border, the border wall. Like, back then, I didn't see it as different countries. I just saw it as, like, oh, we're going to Matamoros, mm-hmm. or we're going to Brazil, or we're going to, like, Texas. Or, you know, like, it was just back and forth. Like, I, I didn't, like, I was a kid, I just saw it as the whole same thing. I just saw it like, oh, we're going to visit family. That's that's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, until like maybe in 2003, we got our, our own house here in Bronzeville. So I've been here pretty much my whole life. Well, and I'm curious then too, was was art making something that you were kind of drawn to when you, when you were growing up and, you know, always kind of making something? Definitely. When I was a kid, like I would put plush toys on my bed and I would just get a like, like a book or like a journal and I would just start sketching them and drawing. Parents will like keep, they will keep my awards from like drawings, like certificates and all this stuff. But I just felt like it naturally just came to me. Like I didn't force it. You know, I was a little kid, so I would just draw like cartoons or like things that I liked. And I always took classes from elementary, middle school, high school. And uh, when I, I arrived to, to college, I felt like this was the only thing that I could be good at. Like, I didn't see myself doing anything else, even though I was convinced to, like, why major in art? Why are you pursuing an art career? You know, you know how people are about the visual arts. And I was like, nah, like, why why would I be majoring in computer and science when I can't even understand a map? Sure. Like, <laughs> so I just felt like, like I just had to, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. I feel like it's um, people that are maybe very adventurous, you know, like they, you know, maybe travel and they don't know exactly where they're going, but they're going to just kind of like wander around versus people that kind of have to plan everything have out. everything mapped out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so was it always kind of like a, a painting medium that you were, you know, interested in exploring? I mean, I guess you kind of described, you know, some plush toys and really interesting because, you know, you talk to people nowadays and or at least my students, you know. I feel like some of them, you know, aren't used to using physical materials and, you know, some of them have like 3D printers in their high school classes and stuff. We live in a very poor community, one of the poorest communities, to be honest. And we even didn't have like 3D printing nor like painting in high school. I learned how to paint when I was here at the university, when I took my first painting course, I think back in 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Like it was my first time learning how to paint with oils and I just felt like in love with it. Like I was like, I want to paint. I just I want to be a painter. I've doubled into like printmaking, photography, a little bit of sculpture. But I just felt painting was just like like my professor used to say, if you're gonna get high, get high on you know get high on making art, man. Like so, I, I always have that in the back of my head. Like I just want to be a painter. Were you always interested in the figure? I know that you know, especially when you're starting out, they you know make you paint bottles and you know, things, things of that nature. But um. when I started off, we, we were doing the basic fundamentals, you know, still lives and like uh, life drawings. When I took a, a little bit of more of upper level painting courses, the assignments were a little bit more free with creativity. I would just wanted to paint like family members or myself. And I was just drawn always to the portrait or, you know, the figure. That's what I was doing sort of undergrad towards the end of undergrad. And then and then now I'm, I'm like, I'm full on dedicated, you know, to painting the figure and portrait. So there's so much you can do with it. It's not something like 
you can get bored of it. So to kind of think about it relative to like learning oil painting, then when you're starting, you know, at a university, did you have a lot of experience, you know, in terms of like looking at art? Was that something that you had, you know, a lot of experience in growing up? Or is it something that also kind of got, you know, broadened when you uh, took classes? Even though I took classes, like when I was in high school and stuff, like I wasn't really into it too much. Like, honestly, I hardly ever competed. So when I was in college, that's when I had the most like experience and um, exposure to art. Where I live, the valley or the Rio Grande Valley, which is a whole cluster of like um, cities. The art community, art scene is not as big as other cities. Mm-hmm. So I started going to art shows like in college or going to art exhibits, going to pop-ups and all these things, like being engaged with other forms of arts when I was in the university. So to think about it too, relative to like art history, you know, uh, portraiture is so rich. I'm actually just introduced a self-portrait project in one of my classes. Were there artists that you kind of discovered, you know, as you were kind of like taking some of these courses that kind of, I don't know, opened up that idea in terms of like what you could do with a portrait, you know, and certainly like with all the using uh, people that you know and self-portraits, I would assume. But I'm just curious if there's any artists in particular that you were kind of drawn to. Man, it's hard to say. Like, it's like when people ask you, what's your favorite band? Like, there's so <laughs> like it, there's so many artists. There's so many good artists out there. Like, I can, you know, it's hard to just say, like, right now I'm currently doing a little bit more research on Jenny Saville mm-hmm. and Frida Kahlo. I think definitely contemporary art is where I'm looking at right now. I know, like, brothers keep telling me, like, portraiture has always been done and you have to be looking deeper sure. or looking past, you know, like, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, like, for other, like, references or research. And I'm still looking for that. Yeah, I feel like we're all students for life, really. You know, like, you're always looking and taking in and i don't know it's interesting because you'll see something and then maybe something will i guess turn a corner in your studio maybe kind of just break down the process a little bit you kind of describe you know painting uh you know family members or people that you know and then also self-portraits what's that process like in terms of how you like do you compose you know in a sketchbook or do any preliminary work i don't know break it on the process a bit for us right now i'm currently working on a body of uh self-portraits this semester i always try to set myself like okay this semester i'm going to focus on portraits of men portraits of my friends female friends or portraits of self-portraits right i think about my my concept or the body of work that i'm working on which focuses on like, this appreciation of the mexican-american culture Mm-hmm. dealing with or coping with mental health, such as anxiety and depression, and uh, the female figure, you know, appreciation of the female form. What can I connect my art with? How can I portray this with my work? So I start to visualize if I want to paint on the square, rectangle, or like, do I want to cut the wood? And then from there, I use photo references for my work all the time. I, whether I take pictures of my friends or I get people uh, to take pictures for me, and from there, I project the image to the wood panel, which I think it's faster because I just get the outline done and I can fill it in later on. I always see it, I see, I picture, I see it as a coloring book. From there, I'll and then anything that's anything that I add on, like the background or like like little objects, I I'll do it freehand. It's just like I struggle a little bit with the figure sometimes, and it takes me longer to just get it out and you know put it on the on the panel. So it, it, it speed ups the, the process, definitely. I would usually apply like wet on wet techniques just to get like the layout down of the figure, you know, have your values. 
And then from there, once it like always dry pretty fast on wood, which is what I like about painting on wood. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just develop the glazes with different like skin tones. I'll send you one of my recent paintings. I did a soap portrait where I'm green. Mm-hmm. Like I'll add a little bit of yellows and blues and reds, and even though I'm green. You know, those are the glazes that I enjoy adding to the skin. Sure, sure. I think a lot of them are very colorful, you know, and certainly like in some of them, there's kind of like what looks like almost like a rainbow rainbow roll from like printmaking. I'm looking at one now from I think this year where there's like this kind of like called Pride and Insecurities, which has that oh, yes, kind yes. of like really bright kind of green background that complements the um, red yeah the red so well yeah thank you (laughs) yeah actually that painting i exhibited for a very important show called new texas talent it was at craighead green gallery um in dallas so for me that was a big accomplishment because a lot of like emerging artists are get to be exhibited there yeah i'm always trying to look for like color a way to stand out as well in my pieces like ma- mainly complementary colors like red and green and the sarape sarape is always very colorful you know uh, drapery clothing you know like i don't really notice it but i guess other people have told me your work you know it's already like it has the influence of the mexican culture which is very colorful very vibrant and i guess you know i'm trying to implement it in my work as well i think that's something that you know really draws someone in just because i i love color you know like i yes. feel like there's some times where i battle it especially cuz i get so particular with trying to mix and match the specific colors um but i just love you know like intense color vibrancy and you know all of that good stuff same here and when you varnish them it's like they just come back to life and that's that's my favorite part when I varnish my paintings. Well, and again, it's interesting too because some of them, you know, like the one we were just talking about, mm-hmm. this wonderful texture from the wood. So that kind of creates a different atmosphere than some of them, which, you know, look like they have, I don't know, kind of like these billowing stripes. Um, is that something that's kind of like then, you know, like you have you have the image that you're going to be working from and then you're trying to figure out a way to complement it in terms of the background? Or is it something where you maybe make a background and then you know, paint the figure over the top of it. What's, what's, how's that decision um, made, I guess? For that piece, I definitely wanted to reveal the wood grain. I'm so attracted to wood, wood grain, wood texture. Like I'm like, okay, how can I, I'm already painting on wood. So let me reveal the wood grain. And I just find it beautiful. Those like organic looking lines, stripes, you know, I feel they complement the figure portrait so well. For that process, I'll use a matte medium. Oh, you know, gesso with that. It's like, it's like a clear gesso, a clear medium. So it reviews, it, it's a, it has a clear coat, and then I'll, over, I'll go over with the portrait. Mm-hmm. So I already have the background already intended for the portrait. I always try to get the background first, you know, apply glazes of it so it looks like a wash. Mm-hmm. I thought I was done with the piece, but I felt like it wasn't really finished. So I went back in it and, re- and went over with like a phthalo green and touch up the wood grain and brought it out. And I felt like it worked with the setup because the setup also had like these lines. Mm-hmm. They're more smooth and the wood grain also has lines, but they're like a little bit more like organic looking. So I feel like it complements it well. What size do you typically work? Is there a particular size that you enjoy or? I wish I could work big, but I don't limit it to my car, limit it to like, you know, when you try to like exhibit your work and like you try to make your crate and shipping that adds up. So I used to make three by four paintings and I love that size. Like that size was perfect for me. I've done like five by six paintings before, but it's just like, where do I store it? Like, I don't have the space for that or I don't have the money. Well, I do have money, but not as much money to be like, uh, you know, shipping large paintings. And I work on wood. So 
wood is heavy as well. So I take those in consideration. Mm -hmm. So right now I'll be working sort of like three by four and lower, smaller two by three circles uh, as well. I just recently did a circle as well. I love that surface. And I'm always actually drawn towards like panels that are almost kind of smaller, to be honest. I don't know why. Um, Forces you to go closer to them. You can't really enjoy them from far away. You have to like walk closer to the painting or the drawing. And you're like, oh, look at all these details. Yeah. Well, and I would think too, with with like a smaller scale that, you know, is something that as you're kind of going up, you're kind of, you know, getting rewarded then in terms of all that kind of like fine detail, like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What kind of time period are we looking at in terms of like working through these? Are you kind of like working on a number of them at the same time? Or are you kind of, you know, working on one at a time until it's resolved or? I used to do one at a time, but am I in a rush or have deadlines coming up? I really, I try to do two at a time, Mm -hmm. which I don't enjoy, but if I have to, I'll do it. But I, I like to do one at a time because it forces me. I'm not going to move on to a piece until I finish this painting. I feel like I, I put all my full attention to one painting and finish it in three or four weeks, whatever it takes me, uh, maybe even a month, and then I move on to the other one. I would imagine there's a lot of like layering in terms of color, glazes. Yeah. So I'd imagine that kind of adds to that kind of drying time and... I would imagine it gives you more time to kind of look and consider. Well, it's because it dries really fast. It dries like maybe like within a day and a half painting on wood. It's a little sticky, but it's, it's still good enough to do a little bit of glazes. Like I don't have to wait like days for the oils to dry. And right now I started using liquid and it dries the paint pretty fast, which I like. I know a number of painters that love that medium, you know, or at least adding it to, to their paints just to kind of expedite that drying time. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it, <laughs> the only thing I don't like it, 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 that makes the oil paints look acrylic or looks them matte. So I'm waiting for the painting that I just finished right now to dry, fully dry and like varnish it with a more varnish to bring out the colors again. Like how many layers uh, does it take you to kind of get that kind of rich color? Because again, there's like a lot of nice gradients mm -hmm. and, and, you know, subtle kind of transitions. And I would just imagine that for some of them, you know, there's just a lot of layering to kind of get that kind of volume, that roundness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it takes me to do a painting three or three or four weeks and I paint Monday through Friday, sometimes on the weekend. So it's a lot of layers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm always working on layers and I think that I love that like I love like setting down the wet on wet technique and then just building up the midtones, the shadows, the highlights and then going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth, you know, like just it's it's a process, long process for sure. Well, and again, it sounds like a process that you really enjoy too, so Yeah, I think I yeah, something that I that I just naturally just do I don't really think about it that much anymore. Well, and I'm curious too. So one of the things that I'm noticing too is there are the various patterns in the um, the shirts, the clothing, and it's interesting, you know, because it kind of doesn't have as much texture certainly as you know, like a lot of the hair, which has all these kind of like layers and applications. So there's kind of like an interesting contrast a little bit sometimes with the flatness of the the clothing and then the the floral uh, pattern. Some of the yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I do that on purpose too, just so. My my main, I guess, objective is to capture the essence of the person, right? So obviously the the face, the hair, it's it's really detailed. Well, I try to be very detailed. And then to me, the clothing is always secondary. So I, I will make it very flat or very gestural. I mean, I could always go a little bit more loose, but I always try to keep it like very undefined or not, not too much details on it. So it juxtaposed right the figure. 
and it gives um, the figure or the portrait more attention. Like it just complements it. It just complements it, but it's not it's not competing with it. I think that makes total sense. When you're setting up a portrait or you know, there's a subject or someone that you're like, oh, you know, this would, this person would make a great portrait. Yes, I'm always thinking that. <laughs> do you like spend a lot of time then? Do you kind of like let them do with their own thing or, you know, how does that process work in, in terms of collaborating? Because obviously there's, you know, it's one of the great things about, you know, self-portraits is that you're kind of in control of it all versus, yeah, you know, when you're using someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this process, it takes me a while to think about because I, I don't want to just use like, oh, this person's pretty. Let me paint her or let me paint him. Usually they're close friends to me, close acquaintances. And I try to like, OK, is this person resemble what I want to portray? What is this person going through? Do we have any things in common? So I'll, I'll think about the person like, can that person portray uh, my concepts first? That's the first thing that goes in my mind. And then from there, I'll be like, okay, let's arrange. I'll ask them, hey, do you want, do you want me to paint you? Like, I have an idea for this painting. Um, the majority have said yes. There's only like two people that told me no. So I set up an appointment, like, hey, let's meet up here and we'll take pictures of you. And sometimes it depends on their schedule. It's kind of it takes a while to to meet up. Sometimes I'm pretty like, hey, like persistent, like, hey, do you want to meet up? Hey, when can you meet up? Like, because I want to get it done. Like, you know. Uh, but I know they have they're busy too, so. That's how it goes from there. So that's why I always try to get people that are close to me. So I know, like, you know, I'm not going to be bothering them from, like, their busy, busy schedules. Is that something that ties into the the titles? I mean, this kind of collaboration with the person you're, you know, trying to kind of talk a little bit about their situation or, you know, something that they're going through? Because, again, a lot of them have you know, titles that would kind of lead lead someone there. It's a little bit of both. Like, I see them as mirrors of myself. Mm Mm-hmm. If I can't see myself in that person, I don't, I can't paint them, you know, because I feel like I don't know them, you know. So definitely, like, there's a little bit of in me in those portraits, but as well, a little bit of of them. Um, I try to think, like, Pride Insecurities, it's a great example. It's a painting of my ex-boyfriend, so it's very, um, you know, a lot of of feelings, a lot of emotions in that painting, right? I titled it Pride Insecurities because... He was, you know, very, a very prideful person. And I always admire that from him. I always, I'm always, I'm very insecure, very self-conscious. And I admire that from him. Um, you know, a little bit of a machismo, machismo in him. Machismo, you know what machismo is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little bit of machismo in it. And I was like, okay, pride, that's perfect, you know. And insecurities, at the same time that he was a little bit of a machista, he was also very insecure, about his body, and that's how I am too. So that's why he has that terapic cover covered him, you know, because I would tell him, like, hey, let me paint you naked. He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I can never paint guys naked. <laughs> so he had this, he put this terapic over him because he, he, that's his blanket. So I thought it was, just, it was just a great prop, you know, to have in the painting. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started thinking, like, okay, how am I, like, how am I able to relate to this person? At the same time that I'm very insecure, you know, sometimes I can be very prideful as well. And it's very complicated. Like, it's, it's, am I making sense? <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're totally making okay, sense. Okay, um, sorry. And it's interesting, too, to kind of think about it then, how it relates maybe to, I would assume, then, Peace and Tuttle's self-care. Is that a self-portrait then? Yes. Is that the one with the mask? Yes. That's an, that's an, that's, I did that, like... Uh, like on two days okay it's weird like sometimes when i'm doing studies i'm just like and i just it looks a little bit more um you know a little little bit more like illustrative or like stylized face yeah i had this idea of just i took a picture i put a face mask on and i took a picture because i thought it was funny because you know how it looks like a like the the eyes and the nose and the mouth 
And then I was like, maybe I should paint this. It's kind of like I'm always doing my artwork very serious. And I was like, maybe this is something like, like a little, like a little, you know, funny piece. As, as I was I was painting it and thinking about it, I was like, well, the same way we, we're trying to take care of our bodies, like, you know, like um, through the outside, you know, applying this face mask or face washes, you know, we're trying to take care of our skin. Um, I feel like that's the same way we should take care of ourselves, like mentally, mm-hmm. like self-care, like emotionally, like, you know, learn how to meditate, learn how to like say no to sometimes, you know, like rest up on the weekends and stuff, stuff like that. I felt like that it's, that's also self-care. I'm curious if you wind up writing at all about, you know, some of these things too, in in terms of, I don't know how you're going to maybe approach a new painting or, you know, like maybe just things that you're kind of going through to decide how you're going to, you know, take something that you've sourced and then uh, kind of apply it. Is that something that you do or is it? I always try to title my pieces after I'm done with my paintings. Yes, yes. I always title them after I'm done with the painting. Yeah, I don't, I don't come up with the title or like I'm going to do a painting of this. I have an idea. I'll paint the idea. I try to achieve it, you know, like get all the technical stuff out of the way. And then I like to sit back and look at my painting and really just think about it like, okay, what is it portraying to me? What is it? Uh, what, what am I getting out of this? And that's how I end up tidying in my work. I'm pretty simple about my work. My, my, one of my professors said, like, you need to elaborate a little bit more or, like, make people think about it. Don't just say it's depression. Don't just say it's pride. Like, you know, and I'm like, no, nah, like, I'm, that's the way I am. I, I don't like to, like, not sugarcoat things, but I don't like to, like, make things complicated. I just like to make them straightforward. And I think that's easier to connect with the audience and with me. You know, like, I, I'm a very simple person when it comes to titles. Yeah, there's something about, you know, something being direct and honest that I, you know, really appreciate, you know. You know, like, I mean, I love seeing beautiful paintings and I, th- I feel like sometimes people have a hard time being able to own up to that. You know, there's just some work that you're just really drawn into because it's, you know, well executed and it has this interesting color and, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to kind of be big existential statement about something, you know, bigger than ourselves, I guess. Yeah, it was so much. <laughs> I agree with you. It's cool, too, because like, again, it seems like then you're, you're trying to essentially kind of capture the essence of the the you know, the subject a bit too in, in the work. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I'll look at work, like you say, and I'll be like, the title is like super long or they're using words that I don't even understand. And then like, I'm just like, I don't feel anything, you know, like, I'm just like, I feel like they're just using, using the words to, or like when some artists talk about some pieces and it's like, what what you're saying doesn't transfer to your work, you know? So I just try to keep it simple. I think that's the simple is better to be. But so, so where are you at now in terms of your work? Of uh, the body of work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what are you? Are you still kind of interested in the same um, exploration right now? Well, since right now I'm also in the master's uh, program, I'm currently pursuing my MFA. So I have this concept theme going on, and I want to push it further. I want to push it. You know, how how far can I push this um, this body of work? Um, I'm still doing portraits and um, and figures, experimenting with materials, what surfaces mainly, like cutting the wood into an organic shape or cutting the wood into a circle or playing with skin tones. Like, like I said, the recent portrait, I painted myself green instead of, you know, like brown, yellow, you know, my, my skin, regular skin tone. So I'm, that's what I'm going towards, like how far can I push portrait and figurative work? And still in my own style, like, you know, people tell me like, you have a very particular style, you're, like your work is very vibrant. And I want to like 
continue working with color being my main thing as well. Well, and again, I, it's fascinating to think about, too, the changing formats and, you know, maybe adjusting those things, because obviously I think as you kind of, you know, continuing to do that, it, it just leads to another avenue and, and another avenue. So thank you. <laughs> very interesting to think about, you know, where there's a be, a, you know, six months, a year from now, two years from now, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. I know when we spoke a couple months back, you had mentioned that you had an exhibition coming up. So maybe tell us a little bit about that when it opens um, and just, uh, you know, where we can see it. It's an upcoming three-person exhibit at Presa House Gallery in San Antonio. Uh, opening reception is November 2nd from 6 to 12. So it's going to be November 2nd to the 24th. The title of the exhibit is called Different Skin. So it's an exhibition honoring a memory of UT Broncio and UTRGV Professor Carlos G. Gomez. And the work will feature work of uh, Jesse Porciaga, which was one of my classmates, me, and one of my professors, Alejandro Macias. Uh, so we were all mentored by this professor, and we all focus on figurative portraiture, and we all have our own styles and concepts. So I think it's pretty cool. Like, I'm very excited for this opportunity coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And again, to, to think about it relative to that kind of lineage, you know, I know lineage is really important to me. It's interesting because a lot of the people that I wind up, you know, running into eventually might have had the same professor here and there. And I, I know a lot of times that can be such a strong influence. And yeah. to be honest, I don't even know in some cases if I'd be doing art if it wasn't for those influences or people that I'd kind of met along the way. So that sounds like a really interesting idea for an exhibition. Yes, it's very touching. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, again, just remind us too, are there other places that people can check out your work? Uh, my Instagram is at Josie Layla. J-O-S-I-E-L-E-I-L-A. Every day, like, Instagram is so interesting in terms of being able to check out work and, you know, to connect with other people. So I'm, I'm sure people will follow you there. And, again, it's uh, really just a pleasure to talk to you about your work and very exciting stuff. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Thanks once again to Josie for joining me. You can check out her work by following her on Instagram, at Josie Layla. And you can also see her work as part of a three-person exhibition entitled Different Skin that opens at Paresa House Gallery in San Antonio, Texas, November 2nd, running through November 24th. Just another reminder that our 2018 professional competition is now open to all visual artists. So if you've completed your degrees, you're out there in the world, and you want to share your work, please apply. Once again, our juror this year is Brian Frink, who is the chair of the art department at Minnesota State University in Mankato. He'll be selecting three artists to appear on Studio Break, as well as one artist for a solo exhibition at Raka Gallery up in Mankato, Minnesota. So please be sure and apply today. Again, our deadline is November 4th, so get your applications in. And, of course, you can help spread the word and earn some karma points by letting other artists know. So if you know anybody interested in sharing their work or maybe getting a solo exhibition, tell them to apply. You can check out studiobreak.com, and you'll find a tab right on the left sidebar for instructions. So check it out. While you're visiting Studio Break, you can always check out some of the archived episodes that you've missed. Again, 201 episodes, each with images of the artist's artwork, as well as links to their website, so you can peruse and listen and have a studio companion. You can listen right there in the default player, or just hit that iTunes hyperlink and subscribe to the podcast and earn additional karma points by spreading the word. Sharing feedback on iTunes, you can also, of course, easily share it on social media, and you can do that, of course, by liking our facebook page sharing there following our twitter account at studio break and of course our instagram account at studio underscore break 
I'd like to thank Skylar Mail, who provides the music to Studio Break. You can check out his artwork at SkylarMail.net. If you're interested in checking out some of my paintings, please visit davidlinaway.com. Of course, you can find me on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at davidlinaway, so feel free to say hello. And with those announcements out of the way, thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll talk to you real soon.